Hi, I'm Trenton Stander. Hi, I'm Tim Brown. And, and this is the Open Heart Cast. So, um, oh, what was I going to say now? Um, but 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 this was this was a big uh, this was a big thing for me, um, and I don't I don't know why. Like it's probably not a big deal, but but it really made it really made me respect Jack more than I already do. Yeah, he made a uh, oh man, it was a particular style. I can't remember. It was some sort of Japanese style kitchen knife. Yeah, well, you saw the picture of that yeah. kitchen knife. What what style is that? I can't remember now. Anyway, the point is, Jack was the W one or W two. W two. Mm. Yeah. So Jack did a kitchen knife with W two, and yep. he painted. He he like thinned out the uh, the high temperature cement, mm. and that's what I've used on both these blades. Is that yep. high temperature cement? It works fucking brilliantly. Nothing wrong with it. Mm. So. He hardened it, mm. and uh, he took it up to like I don't know, like four hundred grits on mm. the belt on the belt grinder, and then he saw that the soft steel. You remember that picture? That yeah. Soft, that soft steel was running into the cutting edge. Yeah, which is no, it, it's a no go. It's a no go mm. because now if you sharpen that knife, yes, it'll get sharp. But that spot where that soft steel runs into the blade. It's always going to go blunt. It's always going to go blunt. And where it was on the blade, for yeah. me, the way I use a kitchen knife, that'd yeah. be, that's my most used area. Mm. And for some people, they won't even pick up the difference. But Jack's the type of guy where if he puts his name on it. Yeah. It needs to be fucking. It's, it's either right or it's not. Yeah. And Jack, Jack always says to me. Good enough is never good enough. Yeah. We're going to have to take a quick pause because yeah. I need to go water a tree outside. You need to go and water a tree. Yeah. So j- entertain the people. I'll, I'll keep the I'll keep the people entertained. So talk about the, what you did. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is that Jack... Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Tim just had to open the, the garage door. <laughs> anyway. But Jack took this W2 uh, blade that he had done a hamon on and uh, he etched it to see what the what the hamon was looking like. And once he did that, he saw that the soft steel was running into the cutting edge. And he said to me, there's, there's nothing I can do about this because it's now too thin to heat treat again. You know, normalize and then heat treat again. And uh, he he basically took the blade um, and broke it in the vise to see the, the grain structure of the tip. And then once he did that, he uh, broke it on the area where the soft steel was running into the hard steel. And obviously the soft steel just bent, but the hard steel in between uh, cracked. And... That shows that 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 is a definite problem. Okay, that it, that is <laughs> it's it's not something you want, right? So um, for me, what that really brought out was, and Jack, Jack made this mistake before mm. 
before I had made those mistakes on my hunters. Mm. Now, for Jack to make that kind of mistake, it doesn't happen often, mm. but it just shows that it does happen no matter how experienced, experienced you are. It's going to happen some at some point. Just and, a quick side note. Yeah. Jack is now watching. Jack is now watching. And he said the tree will die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that really gave me a lot of appreciation for the quality of work that Jack's willing to put out there because it's like Jack always says, if it's not good enough, it's just not good enough. Mm. And he's not going to put his brand on it if it's not good enough. And And that that really makes you respect somebody mm. because it shows that they're so proud of their work Mm. that they are not willing to put anything Mm. under that quality because Mm. they know their worth. And the thing is, what I learned from Jack as well, okay, the knife was a failure in terms of it. it's not a functional knife, but he learned out of it. He yep. learned about the yep. grain. He learned. I've got a, a wall of shame knife. Trenton can see it. Yeah. It's got a big hole through the side. Yeah. Yeah. So this yeah. was a, a knife I made. It was for the 48-hour build where we did bowies. And this was going to be a frame tang bowie and i wanted to do sand mice so i put mild steel on the outside and can't remember if it was 5160 or 1085 in the middle but everything looked good i was a little bit suspect i'm not oh, i wasn't confident mm. and when i started to grind it you can see the telltale signs of a crack where there's a delamination oh fuck yeah but what i did oh you know it's like it's like taking your balls and putting it through a mincer. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt. But I decided, <coughs> you know what? <coughs> I want to see where the fa- how deep does the failure go? Because, you know, you're always tempted if you've got Damascus or San Myers. How far, how far is that D-lamb? Is it yeah. just a little D-lamb yeah. or can I grind through can it? Can I grind through it? Yeah. And I try to grind through it and it's like, no. It's not going to work. So yeah. what I did is I wanted to see, because I have a theory on Sanmai, which we will get to. I wanted to see what happens when I bend it. So I bent it the one way to stretch that material that was delaminated. Then I bent it the other way to get to straight, straighten it up to get it to pop off. And I can see, you can, Trenton can also see in it where there's places where it was welded. Yeah. And But there's a, there's a big flaw in there. Mm. But just for the people watching on uh, on Facebook, I'm just going to bring that up. No, don't bring it. Just show it to them. You don't want to bring anything up right now. <laughs> so that was the delamination. Okay. And that's a pretty hectic delamination. Yeah, it's. But what I wanted to check when I did the bend test on it is well, I wanted to see how well I heat treated the steel yes. that is the, hot, the hot, high carbon steel yeah. that's in the core. Yeah. Because that's Sanmai, huh? It's Sanmai. Yeah. Because I have an interesting theory on why a lot of Japanese chef knives are Sanmai with uh, low carbon or uh, unhardenable stainless steel on the outside and a high carbon core. Is I've noticed with doing some Sanmai knives is that no matter what you do, the blade will bend in the quench. 
because you've got soft steel on the outside and you've got hard steel on the inside. So unless it is perfectly symmetrical, it's going to warp. And even when you grind it, it warps. Yeah. But you can straighten it after it's hardened because there's some sort of mystic... I haven't figured it out yet, but if you've got a straight mono steel blade and you try and straighten it sometimes... Some you'll get straight, some you'll break. Right. Okay. It's that that uh, eye-squinching yeah. crank on device to try and bend it straight between yeah. three pins and things. But if you watch the way the Japanese... Because I've watched a shit ton, which in, in, in metric terms is like a shit ton <laughs> of YouTube videos on... Japanese knife makers who make kitchen knife because it fascinates me the process how they do it yeah and the majority of their knives are sandbar yeah the reason is because the high carbon steel is expensive yes but also the sandbar if you watch them they'll harden their blades and they'll straighten it after they've finished grinding it they'll straighten it on a block of wood with a hammer cold forging cold forging so that's what Jack and I did on the first kitchen knife. Yeah, because because you had a differential heat treatment on it. Yes. If it was fully if it was fully hardened all the way through, you wouldn't be able to do that. Yes, yes, yes. yes because yes, you would yes, crack yes, the blade. Because yes. hitting yes. hitting cold steel on the anvil is a very fucking bad idea <laughs> when it yeah. comes to knives. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, look, um, Jack spoke to me about this process and I was like, I'm in an R-ing and he's like, it's a thing. Mm. They do it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he did it and I was like, well, fuck, it's straight. Yeah, because you, um, it was it was incredible to see. Like, mm. Jack, this- Jack surprises me every fucking mm. day. Like, every day. <laughs> Yeah. Every time I work with that fucker, like you know, he, what I found amazing. with Jack is, you, you can never have a short conversation with him because you're not going to want to stop speaking to him because you just you're a sponge. You're a sponge, and and he, you know what the awesome thing is is the amount of knowledge that that guy has, mm. and how willing he is to share that knowledge. But not everybody's willing to listen. No, not everybody's willing to listen. It's like every you, every a lot of people like the sound of their own fucking voice. Yeah. And if you just fucking listen, mm. you can learn so much. Yeah. Like Jack, Jack will be talking. Like when the guys pop in, Jack mm. will be talking, mm. and it sometimes leads into questions that I haven't even asked him yet. Yeah. And then I just fucking sit and listen, dude. Be a fly on the wall. It, it is incredible. Mm. And I know I'm ruining Jack's mm. au- autopsy right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like blowing smoke up his ass. But but it is it truly is incredible. And, mm. and I mean, Grant was saying to me the same thing the other day is that... I think the live feed has just died on there. Died. I, I see there's a, a thing on the screen. Oh, no, it's something about low battery. But um, Grant was saying this to me the other day. Yeah. Is that... Um, is it not charging? It's not charging. Oh, almost lost my ear. Okay, let's just check here again. Is it charging? Uh, I don't 
give why you not cut put it in that way yeah I, it should be charging if it fails it's fine we still got the recording i'm still here i'm still here awesome dude who's awesome. watching with him but um mm. but but mm. this is i mean grant was saying this to me the other day is that he's saying dude you are in a very privileged position mm. to be learning from somebody who understands the game so well like jack does mm. and um and, and i and i know that I jack know that. hasn't had it easy i mean he's he's learned the hard way yeah he has he's had some serious shit happening and and it almost feels right. it almost like i almost mm. feel bad to be mm. able to suck that information off of somebody who's worked so hard for it but the thing is, you know, Jack's the type of person he's not. He's worked hard for it. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, why should everybody have to work hard for it? You know, he 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 wants he wants you to ex- succeed as much as he wants himself to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. He does. That's important to him. Um, and there's a lot of knife makers like that. Like, if you one day when I'm big. <laughs> I want to go do a course with Henning. Uh, not Henning with that. I do want to do a course with Henning. I want to do a Mosaic Damascus with Henning. Yeah, yeah. I want to go do a course with, with Kevin and Heather because yeah. Kevin is so free with his knowledge, you know, because he knows what he's telling you took him, even though he learned it from someone, it took him two years to master it. Yes. And in two years' time, he's two years ahead of you. He's still yeah. He's, he's still learning, so he's he's always going to be ahead of you. So it's not about a competition. Mm. A lot of the guys, we want. I want other guys to succeed as well. Mm. And if I can help you, even if it's by just forging technique, make a pair of tongs, make a hammer, whatever. If I can help you. Mm. I feel useful. And 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 this is the thing, like everybody wants to feel like they're contributing something toward whether it's knife making or whatever it is. Uh, Every, just a Yeah. What uh Jack was commenting here. He says the best part of all is that I'm still learning too. For everything I learn, I realize there's two others I don't know yet. Exactly. Exactly. I mean there's there's a there's a curve what they call a curve of learning. So yeah. it's a it's a semi exponential curve. So the first you learn very 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 fucking slowly. Yeah. And then you get this very steep learning curve. Yeah. And then you get to the top, and then it tapers off. Then it takes you a long time to improve. Yes. Okay. But now, in in any skill like in knife making, you get the guys who starting out there. They know they know fuck all. Yeah. Then you get the guys who are just a little bit further down. Who think they know what they're doing? Yes. Right, and then you get the masters like Jack, who's who know they know quite a bit, but they still think there's so much more that I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. So the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. uh, Jack says that all the freaking time. Mm. He says you never stop learning, mm. and I mean, <laughs> and I showed a, a picture to Jack of the circle the yeah. other day. And there's this fine, tiny little slither mm. out of the circle. Yeah. And it says, shit, you know. Yeah. And then there's this a little bit bigger slice mm. out of the mm. circle that says, shit, you don't know. 
<laughs> and then the the rest of the circle's green, and it says, "Shit, you don't know, you don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's what it is. And if you're not, the thing is, if you're not learning and you're not improving, it's because you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Mm. It's like, like Neil says, you've always got to have that knife that you're working on that you don't think you're capable of doing. Yeah. So that that's like your project knife where you work on, like you go work on it a bit and you think, oh, fuck, I'm not good enough yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. it's it's important like mm. for me and i don't know if this is the right way of going about it but for me that that dagger build even though i didn't mm. pull it off very successfully mm. um jack said to me that the fact that you did it and you finished it in time mm. no matter what the fuck it looks like yeah it shows that you want to do it you want yeah. to learn yeah because it's it's crunch time mm. like you know and and i worked my balls off to get it there yeah but it's not great yeah it's really really fucking average yeah it's it's terrible mm. but the thing is i want to make a dagger one day that yeah. is going to be beautiful mm. and i will make a dagger one day that is going mm. to be beautiful but to keep that inspiration alive mm. what i do is I draw daggers. I try mm. to draw daggers, try to understand mm. how to draw them, first of all. Because when I see Niels's drawings on daggers, I'm just fucking blown away. It's like... It, it mm. looks like fucking Leonardo da Vinci was mm. a knife maker. Mm. That's 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 how I would describe Niels's drawings. But the thing is... They, they just... Just, just fucking inspirational. Just the fucking drawing, and then yeah. you see this thing come to life. Yeah, and the thing is, Niels, because oh, Niels had a graphic design background, yeah. and he learned, he did art at university mm, and stuff. Mm, he mm. learned how to sketch and things. But that's right. Yeah, it's like any skill, you got to put the time in. Got to put the time in. And he said one thing to me because I always used to draw my knives on graph paper. Yeah. Because I want sizes, and I yeah. think in an engineering brain. Yeah. But <clears throat> I took his advice, and I do not draw on graph paper anymore. Yeah. And it changes your perspective on things. Because mm. now, now you're not trying to stay within the lines. Yeah. You're trying to create something that is pleasing to the eye. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah, no, a chef's knife should be about 50 wide. And so now when I draw my lines, I draw a center line. I draw a line where the guard is or where the transition is from your handle to the blade. Yeah. And then I start off the customer like this dagger here. He wanted a 12-inch midi gladius. So start at 12 inches, right. Come back from that and, and you work... Within then, those parameters. Within those parameters. But then then you'll draw in your raise. Draw in your raise. Yeah. Or you draw a piece, you draw half the knife. Yeah. And then you put tracing paper over it. You yes. trace. And then you, you try and yeah. figure out which is the and you like it's like those the, uh, the mirror image of the opposite side. Oh the opposite yeah. Then you draw a different one to see and you can put tracing paper over yes. it. Trace, that's what yeah. Niels does. It's yeah. like that's that's why I still want to invest in his uh, that PDF of his of of the dagger designs. Yeah, yeah. Be but I I want to do the same thing, but the thing is I want to first 
try and understand it by myself mm. without having Niels's drawings and everything. Mm. Cause that's, it's easy if you buy it. Yeah. But I want to try and fucking focus and understand how to draw things on my own yeah. before I start looking into it. Then it, then Niels yeah. can, Niels's uh, PDF can add to what I've already got. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you just copy and pasting, you're not you're learning. Just copying, this. You're just copying somebody else's designs. And, and, a lot of that stuff comes from his in his stuff comes from historical stuff that he's done the research on and things and it's got the right ratios whatever but if you don't know how to sketch what is it helping you it's not helping you at all then it's a spook and pluck yeah so i like the idea of sketching and and it's actually something that is it helps helps me for my mental state yeah we'll call it that um so it's a way of expression yes and what's nice is uh some guys like stuart they can let a knife evolve on the on the thing because they know what they're looking for um yeah i think i think it gets to a point where you've made that thing enough mm. that blade enough that you can you can do that you can you can let it evolve on the anvil. But at the same time, I like the drawing process. I also like the drawing process. And the reason I like it is I figured out if I can't draw it, I can't forge it. Yeah. So I've tried. That's I've a good saying. You should you should patent that. Yeah, I can patent it. Niels, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I've... I've made a couple of cookeries, but I battled to draw them. And you know what? I battled to forge them. Wow. Because That's interesting. my mind, the way my mind works is I cannot get the, it's like you've got to work out the flow of it almost. Yeah. So in order to know how to move the steel where I want it, I need to figure out how to draw it first so that my brain can conceptualize it like this knife was was something i just wanted to i had a basic idea i wanted like a yeah. recurve and i wanted to do something almost like a jason knight type right not that i knew jason knight at the, not that i know him but i follow him and it's not that i was following at the time i had seen knives like this and i and i thought this i wanted this this shape with that kink and then there like almost like a cookery thing i want to a fast like a chopper and it's like i had this picture painted in my mind i hadn't drawn it and i let it evolve and, and this is what it came to and then i fucked up the treatment and i put a crack in it Dumbass. i've just had an idea mm -hmm. that knife is so beautiful right mm -hmm. we should do that as our first project knife for the pot for the for the open hearth cast i think we should yeah that would be cool what you do you do forging yeah. I'll do stock removal. Perfect. Because that's where I'm at. Yeah, you might have to you might have to do a little bit of forging. Yeah, to to bring that yeah. To, to get to fit it onto yeah. you only get sixty wide fifty one sixty. Mm. So you might have to just do some forging yes. just to bend it into shape so you can get the yes. the, the profile of it. Um I I wanna do something different here at the bottom. Okay. Uh I want to do 
Gnomes all over the place. Come here. Something like this. Oops, Oopsie, yeah. drop forged. <laughs> so you can see there. I, I want to just change mm. the back of this handle mm. to give it a bit of a, a fishtail at the back. Yeah. Just so that when you, we, we, you've got something to stop you yeah. from sliding off the yeah. back. Because this, this is going to be a swinger. Yeah. Not like but maybe round maybe round those corners off a little. Yeah, bit. around the corners, but I want yeah. that, I want that fishtail mm. at the back. Mm. That's the only thing I change on this. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. Know, I still remember how I was so inspired when I made this. Yeah, and I also made a mistake of grinding this false edge too thin before hardening, and it cracked. Ish. Oh, wanna. she's fucked. Now but it's a, now it's a tear groove, huh? It's a tear groove, yeah. Yeah. But right. it's a knife. I was still saying I'm still inspired by this knife because it's it's just got the right feel to it for yeah. a chopper. The yeah. only thing I, as I change, it's got a big handle. The only thing I would change is is just put a bit of a flare, a fishtail at yes. the bottom, just to keep it because that shape, that yeah. angle's wrong. It needs yeah. to be that way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's yeah. have a look at that because I mean I was looking at it earlier and it's it's just such a lovely knife. It mm. really is. And, and I think, I, and I, I think this for the, for a first project for the for the open half cast mm. would be absolutely stunning. You're gonna have to learn how to grind a fuller. Yeah, fuck that. I'm just gonna grind it straight. You can do a fuller <laughs> because you you can do your tear grooves. <laughs> tear grooves, yeah. <laughs> and I'll do I'll I'll just do it straight up. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Jack can help me with the fuller, but. Man, yeah. the, to grind a fuller for me is gonna be a mesh. You know what, grind? You know how easy it is actually to grind a fuller. Yeah. The hardest part about grinding a fuller is getting the groove established in the right spot. Okay. And once it's in the right spot, you start off. I start off at the handle end. Yeah. Once you've got it established, because I use that that baby grinder over there. That yes, that, yes, that yes. Wants Frosty with a, the electric motor that is older than I am. Yes. That my dad used to build a stone grinder. Wow. But it's got a, a 25 mil wheel on it. So it's yeah. 25 wide, 25 yeah. diameter. But once, once you get that thing started, it's a matter of just doing it inch by inch. It's yeah. the same as when I forged that sword. Yeah. I forged it from 17 mil round bar. Yeah. You do it inch by inch. Okay. So you get that flat and then. Yeah. So it's just getting that established the height on the same side. Yeah. And so marking out is important. Grinding is important there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's getting us. It's like Niels. Niels. Niels can grind daggers, man. Yeah. But he said yeah. when we were doing that uh, dagger build, he said Tim's there on his little fucking grinder, grinding fullers and speaking and and smoking a cigarette and it's like it's like, as if it's nothing. Yeah. That was a compliment, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That we we and this it goes back exactly mm. like mm. what we were saying at at mm. uh, Garth Fletcher's place mm. today is that um, you know when you, when you get guys like Jack and Niels mm. and and mm. um, you know like mm. uh, Kevin Harvey and mm. all all these all these amazing guys Henning mm. Wilkinson all these mm. guys that are fantastic at, mm. at what it is that they do. Mm. They are fucking brilliant. Mm. And they will tell you with no fucking qualms mm. if it's shit or if it's decent. Mm. 
and where you need to improve. Yeah. And then when they tell you mm. this is good, then it's like then it feels good. Yeah. You know because you know that mm. that they will not give you their approval unless they really fucking up. Yeah. Like if 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 Niels doesn't care for mm. it, he mm. will tell you. Yeah, that's why I've yet to take an knife to Neil's for his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's the same with Jack. Like, you know, I, I designed uh, one of my first knives that I heat treated at Jack's place. Mm. And then I finished it at home and so on. And, and he said to me, it's a shit design. And I was like, ouch. Ouch. But my feelings, yeah, my feelings. <laughs> but but there ain't no space for feelings in knife making. No, there isn't. There's no space for it. Mm. There's no space for ego, and there's no space for feelings. Mm. Because if you want to learn, mm. you got to take. And I keep saying this because it's so fucking true. You've got to take ego mm. and fucking feelings out of it. Yeah. Because they're telling you that it's not good enough because they want you to do better. Mm. It's like, or they see the potential. Mm. Mm. I've had, uh, I've shown one or two knives to Stuart be- because I want his opinion. Mm. But I, I won't ask him on the whole knife. I'll say to you, Stuart, feel this handle harder because I was battling with my handles at a stage. Yeah. And Stuart's got big mitts. I've got smallish hands, but Stuart's way more experienced in making knives. I mean, he grinds handles. Almost finished on his belt grind without yeah. even thinking about it, yeah. and he does it with bulls, molar, the most expensive shit you can think about it. And uh, uh, I think my battery on my phone's gonna die. Let me get a charge. Plug it in. I plug him in. Plug but him in. I respect his opinion on handles, so yes. I, I would take an after him and I'd say, <coughs> "How does that handle feel? What do I need to do?" Yeah, and and he'll tell me, "Do this, do that, make it thinner, round these edges." curve this, do that and it's and I did it uh, one knife I had at Brooklyn show it was a, a coffin handle bowie yeah and I just finished it in time for the show and I took it there its handle wasn't right and I took it to Stuart and Stuart picked it up and he said no do this listen I took it home because I didn't sell it I took it home I did it and I took him and said yeah that's right now it's like <clears throat> then it's that oh. yeah I have Stuart's opinion. <laughs> Maybe only on the handle, but it's just... Yeah. And yeah. I've taken a knife to him. He said, your edge is too thick. Yeah. Just by looking at the knife and yeah. said, okay, oh, that's something I'm going to work on yeah. because it gives me it gives me one thing to work on. Yeah. I'm not worried about my plunge lines yet because yeah. I'm getting there, but it's yes. like edge geometry is critical. Yes. So if you want a straight razor... It must have a straight a- razor edge. Yes. Thickness. Yeah. If you want a kitchen knife, it must have a kitchen knife. If you want a chopper, it must have a chopper's thickness. Yeah. Yeah. So the edge geometry must match the purpose. And learning that and learning how to achieve that, I still, I'm still scared of grinding my knives too thin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we know someone who can grab knives too thin. <laughs> Dude, that, mm. that was. That was a horrible mistake of mine. and uh, But you know what? It was such a huge learning. It, it's learning, but it's also, you know, now you know you can grind that thin if the steel is suited to it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. No, and that, and that's pretty much what Jack said to me as well, is that you, now you know you can grind thin. Mm. Um, and look, maybe it was just a fluke. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see in time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, 
you this 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 is the whole thing is like patience mm. humility mm. like and 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 keep your feelings out of it yeah right and 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 the other thing is as well is like and i posted this on on facebook a long time ago as well mm. and it, and it just came to me in the middle of the night mm. and it made so much sense yeah. and it was be be smart be humble enough to to be humble enough to learn and smart enough to listen yeah because like somebody can tell you mm. this is how to forge or this is how to grind or whatever yeah. whatever whatever but if you just don't fucking listen yeah you'll never fucking get anywhere yeah you can have the best teacher in the world mm. if you don't listen it means fuck all there was a a, a youtube series of videos i watched it was it or a video I watched, a long-form video, of a guy who went to <coughs> Japanese boat builders because he, yeah. wanted, he wanted to learn about, because it's a dying art in Japan. Okay. And he went and he did apprenticeships with master boat builders, but different styles. Yeah. Like one made these like bathtub things for shellfish, for fishing. They love all these forms fishing. And every single master that he went to Said when we, they said to him, when you go into the thing at the beginning, you do not ask questions. All you do is you watch. Yeah. And then once the master thinks you watched enough, he'll say, right, do this. And then he'll walk out and leave. Yeah. And you must do it. So it's a, it's a training in observation. And then when they speak to you, you fucking listen because you want to know <laughs> what they say. You, you want to understand yeah. the things, but it's the way they do it. It's 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 almost teaching humility and yes. also it's respect. So this is a master, and he's sharing his knowledge about a specific thing, and he wants you to before because before, before you can ask questions, you have to observe. And you have to build up some sort of knowledge. Yes. And you have to look with with the want to understand. Yeah. You can't like you can't look you can't look to to learn how to argue. Yeah. Or, or strengthen your argument. You want you want to look to learn and to see. And, and before you are, so yeah. you can ask informed questions. Informed questions, yeah. Mm. Because there's stupid questions, and and sometimes those are okay too. Mm -hmm. Like if you just don't know, then you don't know. Yeah. But, but also, you but, can if you if you spend the time watching. Yes. You can maybe answer those questions for yourself. yourself. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I mean, when when I, when I talk about, sorry to go back to humility again. Like mm. I speak about this a lot. But, but humility is one of the most important aspects. It, it really is. It really is. I mean, when I first started learning at Jack, I really felt like a spare wheel. Mm. And it took months and months and mm. months for me to start actually being helpful mm. in the workshop and understanding what Jack wants from you is what there. Jack needs mm. and what he means when he says my small adjustment tool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Didn't fucking know what he was talking about. He's like, the fucking hammer, the little hammer. <laughs> and 
or the the thumb seeking nutfucker. Yeah, the, the thumb seeking nutfucker. So so this is the other thing about it as well is that you know this this a good friend of mine, Brendan Bilt. With a seesaw. I don't know why, dude. But but anyways, it doesn't matter if we lose the the live feed on yeah. Instagram. <clears throat> you guys are just gonna have to excuse us if and we. You'll have if, to wait for the audio. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to just go to the open hearth cast because we have the audio on the laptop. Yeah. But this is the thing about humility, <coughs> is you know even. Like, I was helping Jack uh, clean up his workshop and so on and yeah. doing all those things. Now, if you're an asshole, mm. you can say, okay, well, I'm not here to clean up your workshop. Mm. I'm here to learn how to make knives. Mm. But, so you can do that. Mm. But then that guy's going to be like, well, fuck you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what appies do. Mm. They fucking work like dogs until they gain the respect. Yeah. When and you're then, ready to learn. And then you are ready to learn. Mm. And even when you're ready to learn, it's mm. it's and I don't even think that Jack is giving me the treatment that he got when he was an appy. No. Not even close. Because Jack Jack's told me of stories when he was an appy and the mm. things that he mm. would have to do and so on and so forth. But the point here is humility is really the main thing that shows a mentor mm. how willing you are to learn. Mm. Because if you're not, for example, willing to help clean up the workshop, yeah. if you're not willing to hand tools mm. for however fucking long it takes, mm. They're just going to be like, this guy is not dedicated enough to actually, because you've got to get past that point mm. to show them that you're fucking serious. Mm. And although you, you're cleaning, you're helping Jack clean his workshop, you know, it may not be directly knife related, but you're also getting to know the person and you're also getting to know how they workshop works yes. because the most important part of being an appy is handing the right tool yes and not being in the fucking way yes <laughs> exactly exactly and you know mm. how many times i felt in the way at mm. jack's place mm. jack jack eventually said to me where my belly is facing yeah that's where i'm going you get out of the way there. yeah <laughs> and like you You've got to, got to, got to get that mindset. And it's not easy for everybody to do because some yeah. people take offense easy. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. I'll mm. just be like, sorry, boss. Mm. Yeah, because you're there for, you know why you're there. You're there to learn. And Jack is actually doing you a favor by teaching mm. you because he doesn't have to. I mean, you're he, not paying him to teach you. He, he doesn't have to do shit. Mm. He can manage quite fucking fine on his own. Mm. He's been doing it for long enough. Mm. But I think I've got to a point with Jack where I've shown that I'm fucking on time every day. Mm. And if I'm not sure if I'm going to be on time, yeah. I fucking let him know. Yeah. 
And mm. and it's those small things mm. that show somebody how serious you are. And your dedication. And your dedication toward what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Whatever it is that you're doing. It doesn't mm. have to be related to knife making. Mm. It relates to every single thing that you are doing. Mm. If you're learning from someone with fucking photography, mm. just make sure they know if you're going to be late. Mm. Make sure that you're willing to do the the, the 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 dirt work. Yeah, the dirt work. You know? Yeah. Um, it's important. Mm. It's really important. And and some people think that it's that it's below them, but to get to the point where you can actually be mm. an asset to mm. that person, you need to do the dirt work. Yeah, you've got to be refined. Yeah. So, so it, and it's and it's something that I cannot stop talking about because I I keep seeing the importance of it every single time yeah. that I'm at Jack's place and working with Jack and. Mm. And I think part of the reason why Jack's so willing to help me. He just lost it. Ah, there oh, we well. go. Goodbye, Facebook. Goodbye, Facebook. Mm. And and this is the thing is that that's part of the reason why I think Jack's so willing to help me is yeah. because I am actually willing to do menial tasks. Yeah, because at, at the end of the day, he's helping you and you're helping him by making his life easy in the garage mm. or in the workshop mm. and the only way i'm going to mm. fucking do that mm. is if i know where everything's kept mm. if i know which tools he's talking about yeah if i know which cupboards he's talking about yeah you know and if you haven't helped clean the shop you don't know where the you shit is you don't know where the shit is mm. you just don't know and you can't be helpful if you don't know yeah and you have to know what the minor adjustment tool is. Exactly. The minor adjustment tool, for those of you who don't know, is the small little hammer in Jack's workshop. Yeah. It's actually a um, um man, it's it's a it's a it's a funny little hammer. It's a, a jeweler's hammer. Jeweler's hammer, that's it. Yes. That's it, that's it. A chasing hammer. Yeah, chasing hammer. That's it. Mm. That's the one. That's the one. You see, yeah. I can't even remember that name. But yeah. And then when he says the big adjustment tool, though, it's the fucking motherfucker hammer <laughs> <laughs> in the workshop. Yeah. So, um, anyways. Right. So, Tim, mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about the tongs that we were making. Oh, we, we won't go and get them. So, <clears throat> Trenton's here. He's here so he can do the first episode of the podcast. But you can't just do a podcast without having to make some shit. Mm. So we started off, we are making, we're both making a pair of um, pickup tongs. Yeah. Niels van der Berg style that he got from Tian Berger. Um, they are my most used tongs in the workshop. Because I even use them to bry, to move coals around <laughs> and shit like that. Because you can pick up just about anything with them. I use them to move shit around in the forge, take stuff out, even hammers. Yeah. I use, because my forge blows hot, motherfucking hot gases out of it. And you want to spend as little time in front of the forge with your hands as possible. Yeah. So they're the easiest tongs to grab stuff, bring them closer, and then you get the right tongs to hold it for the job. Yes. So... Just about everything I forge is touched by those tongs. Right. Even the tongs to a certain extent, because we'll get to that when we start doing the riveting. Yes. 
because it's a gas forge and I don't have like a coal forge where you only heat up the air you want, a lot of it gets hot and when you want to hold the handles, they need to be cool. So I use those tongs to hold them when I quench the handles. Yes. The reins. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and and it's important to have a tool mm. that, that can do multiple tasks, especially mm. when it comes to bladesmithing, I think. Mm. Not, look, not that I know a whole lot about bladesmithing, but the point is here that you you want to be able to move things as quickly as possible because mm. I mean overheating is a thing. Overheating it? is a thing when it yeah. when it comes to, to blade steels. <clears throat> yeah. When it comes to medium and low carbon overheating is it's only overheating if you have a coal forge and you start melting the shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've done that with a knife because I started off with a a Weber Mark Brown with a brake drum in it, not a brake <laughs> drum, a, a brake disc, yeah, and a hairdryer, yeah, and anthracite coal. That's how I started my journey. I melted a blade, mm -hmm. I melted literally melted the cutting edge away when I did a forced air coal forge, yeah. I melted away the pre grind, the, the, mm. the, 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 the section on the edge that yeah. I had pre ground, mm. I melted that away. Mm. So the grain growth on that thing yeah. must have been terrible. I had a kitchen knife I was busy with. This is in the early days when I mm. used to forge sitting on my ass because that was the way it, it just the way it had to happen. Yeah. Because that's the, the facility I had. Yeah. And um, I was moving the blade through the, the coals to to heat up the blade evenly. Evenly, yeah. And I was doing this and I was looking for my coal rake because I wanted to rake the coal to because you got to maintain the fire. Yes. And I stopped moving the blade and I got my coal rake. And when I pulled the blade out, because I had the spine down because I didn't want to overheat the edge. Yeah. Uh, half of the spine was gone. Oh, uh, man. It was melted. Oh, I'm melting. <laughs> but but, this but it was a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... I mean, we, I think majority of, of knife makers work with, with gas because it's just mm. easier to, to control. And especially in a built up environment, you don't want to, you don't want to like smoke out like the whole suburb. Yeah. Yeah. You can do if you want to. Yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, kilns obviously is the way to go for accuracy, mm. but I mean, you can, you can heat treat blades obviously in a forge. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's basic <coughs> knowledge that's. That's the way a lot of guys do it. But um, you the thing is, if, if you're forging blades, you can't use a kiln. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. you could, but it's going to cost you a shit ton yes. in electricity. Yes, yes. So for us, in terms of availability, gas is the most practical thing for a forge. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the other thing is that, um, and I mean, I only realized how important this was just the other day really mm. and i mean i'm i'm learning all mm. the fucking time man mm. i was at jack's place and i said to him listen do you have a piece of steel that i can just practice on like it doesn't mm. have to be anything mm. that i can actually make anything out of mm. but he was he was nice enough to give me a piece of steel that i could actually mm. make a blade out of and there's a piece of a copy 1070 1075 or something Good. i don't know you know, do you know how fucking great it still is? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he said to me, it's it's fucking right. I have so, two pieces of it. Oh, uh, do you? But but one piece is reserved for my guild plain carbon steel knife. Okay. I got it from Martin Shooter, and the other piece is because he had uh, blades uh, laser cut out of it. Yeah. So it's the off cuts, but there's yeah. two pieces there that I could probably get two pukas out of because it's thick. It's eight, eight or ten more thick. Right, 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 right. So he came here to forge, so I, he paid me in, in a bit of mm. a copy 1070, mm. which is like, that's like, that's more that, valuable that's gold. It's more cool. valuable than gold. <laughs> so, mm. so he gave me a piece of that to forge out. I might just end up keeping that blade. Just just in terms of the steel. Yeah. Just in terms of the steel. Because it's special. Mm. And um, and anyway, so so the point of this is yeah. that... Um, Jack uses a forced ear... Uh, yeah, ribbon so it's burner. a ribbon burner, venture, uh, not venture, it's, yeah. a, it's a ribbon burner with forced air. Forced air, yeah. Yeah. So when the power's out, <laughs> we can't fucking forge, yeah. which is a bit of a bastard. But, yeah. anyways, so the point here is yeah. that uh, I I was kind of lackadaisical, yeah. for want of a better word, mm. about. Uh, how long I was leaving my, my steel in the forge. Yeah. And he said to me, dude, what are you doing? You know how Jack is. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Think about this. And he's like, dude, the, you, you, you're overheating your steel. And he's like, it's, it's ready to be forged now. Mm. He's like, put the fucking smoke down. Yeah. And forge. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. And I, and and he kept saying to me that over and over, and, and he was like, when it's getting thinner, it's getting hotter faster. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize how important it is to keep an eye on your blade, on your yeah. on your steel, yeah. like how hot it's getting. Yeah. And he was explaining to me that you you grow the grain structure of the steel so much mm. that it's. I don't know if he said it was difficult or nearly impossible to get it back. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's very <clears throat> difficult to get the growth, the, the grain structure yeah. back to its original yeah. state. So where that comes to is if you're forge welding, you want to be at forge welding heat. Mm. If you're wanting to move steel quickly, you want it at forge welding heat or just under forge welding heat. Yeah. If you want it that you're now getting the shape you want and you want you're not necessarily moving, you're shaping the metal. Yeah. You want it to be at a lower temperature because now you want you want to get the blade ready for normalizing. Yeah. And if your grain structure is too coarse, it's gonna take more and more effort to normalize it. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you or like when you're forging bevels, you don't want to do that at, for, at near forge welding heat because now you don't want the grain to growth because by forging it, you disrupt the grain and the, you compact the grain and the grain gets smaller. Yes. So now when you normalize it, you remove the stresses, you refine the grain of the steel. So when you start, you want it hot as hell. And when you're getting closer to the end, and like when you you're doing your last tweaks and straightening it, it's it's just above non-magnetic. Yeah. Because you're not trying to move steel. Yes. You're just trying to bend it and, yes. and 
get it to the right shape. Yes, yes, yes. Because then you're, <clears throat> then when you normalize it, your normalizing works better. So instead of doing a, a three-step normalizing, if you've got large grain, you might have to do a five or a ten or a, yeah, even more. Uh, Which is going to take a shit ton of electricity if you're doing it in the kiln. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <clears throat> when I'm when I'm forging blades, I will work on I'll work on sometimes two, maybe three knives at a time when I'm moving metal. Yeah. But then when I'm getting to refining it, then I'll work with one knife mm. or maybe two knives, depending yeah. on the size of the knife. Because the thing is, if you forge a bevel, your edge obviously gets thinner, so it heats up quicker. Yes, yes. So it's also how I've got a, a double venturi burner at an angle. Yes. So if I am forging bevels, I will put where the burner comes in, I'll put the edge on this side because the spine the is thicker. The spine's yeah. going to heat, get more heat than the edge. Yes, yes. Because yes. I want to get an even heat. And you'll see I've got a very advanced uh, system for heat treatment I'll show to you tomorrow. Yeah. For my knives is I put a piece of half a piece of round tubing. Yeah. I put that in to block the flame from hitting the blade. Okay. Because you get a much more even heat then and it's it's radiant heat, it's not blast heat. Yes, yes. Which I see I see I've seen it on Alex Steele's um videos. Yeah. Where he puts a tube inside of the forge. Yeah. Like a square tube. Yeah. And then he puts the blade inside of that, mm. and that's that's what you were saying about that radiant heat. Yeah, you want to get a you want to get an even distribution. Even heat. distribution. Also, you want to bring the blade up to temperature at a slower rate because yes. you're not trying to get it up hot to move it. Yes, you want to bring it up slowly to that temperature and then hold it there for a while. Yeah, and then quench it in oil. Right. Right. So, and you, <clears throat> you want that even heat because the heat must be the same throughout the blade. Mm. And this, and if you're doing a full tang and you want the tang hardened, yeah. If if it's Damascus, you want the tang hardened because then the Damascus shows. Yeah. You want the whole blade at the same temperature when you quench it. Mm. If you're doing a dagger, <clears throat> the way I do it, I don't quench the tang. Yeah. Because I want the tang. More of a spring than than hard and, and soft, and movable. Yeah, because I still have to put a hole through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I often forge weld a mild steel on for the tang, but <clears throat> also if you're doing a hidden tang kitchen knife, you don't want the tang hard. Right. Some some people might argue with me that just the way I like to make the knife. Yes. Yeah. Because I'd rather have something bend and snap because it's a thin piece of material. Yes. And also. If it's a hard-working knife, you want the handle to be tough because it doesn't have to cut anything. Right. It shouldn't cut anything. Yeah. No, it shouldn't. No, no, it's it's not there for that purpose. And it's the same as if you're doing an edge quench, then you don't have to heat up the whole blade. Mm. You only need to heat Mm. up the area that's going to be quenched. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that's... That's basically differential heat treatment, isn't it? Mm. Um, So it's, it's pretty much the same... Uh, effect that you get on a hamon, mm. but a hamon is a different process. But it's pretty much the the same 
it's it's the soft steel at the spine and the yeah, and the hard steel at the at the cutting yeah. edge. Yeah. So it's it's basically the same thing, just different processes. It's different processes, but um, when you edge quench, you only get a straight line. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Her model yeah. is more about getting a this optical effect yes. where you see the difference between. I'm going to use science terms now yeah. between the the perlite austenite and the the modern site because the hard piece is the modern site. That's the phase of steel okay. when you quench it because it goes. Oh, the perlite is a soft steel. You take it above the austenizing temperature. And that's when it goes to austenite. Then we go. That's when it goes non-magnetic. <clears throat> and when you quench it, the in-between state between perlite and austenite is martensite, and that's your hard edge. And then you get more complicated. You get bernite and all sorts of other funny oh, terms. Jesus. But when you differentially harden, yeah. you see the difference in the edge between martensite and perlite. Right. And in your mind, I speak under correction, but I think that the, 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 the between the two lines is almost like a banite, okay. which is a, it's good for, very good for swords because it's more of a spring. It doesn't yes. hold the edge very well, yeah. but it gives you a nice transition between soft and hard. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. But That's it's, interesting. if you watch the way the Japanese quench their blades, they they put a very thin layer of clay at the cutting edge. At the cutting edge, yeah. because they use a brine uh, a solution, a brine solution to quench the blade. Right. And that little bit of clay just gives it that a slightly slower cooling rate. Yeah. But also, they know what the fuck they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was really interesting, Tim. Um, it's a it's a very interesting process to to try and understand with the uh, with the Japanese katanas and so on. But um, I think we're gonna call it quits there for the evening. What do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon because I'm looking here on the time scale and we're running uh, two hours and forty odd minutes, and we probably I think we, it's best if we split this over two episodes. Yeah. So we'll do a a one A 1A and one B. Yeah. And what is 1A plus 1B? Who the fuck is? <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, well, then we will probably record another episode when we can. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, Trenton, uh, where can they get you on social media and stuff like that? So, I'm on Instagram at Trail Tracker Survival. Um, and then on Facebook, just Trenton Standard. Okay. And you can find me on uh, Instagram under Insimbi Forge, E N S I M B I Forge, or on Facebook, Tim Brown or Tim Brown Blacksmith and Knife Maker. And yeah, um, we have the, the podcast, and then we have an Instagram account, Open Hearth Cast, and then uh, our live feeds are published unedited on. Um, YouTube also under Open Hearthcast mm. so yeah we look forward to making a few more episodes and uh, boring you people with monotonous crap <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting science science it's all about science but it's uh, it's a lot of fun for us to do these 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 podcasts and recordings and, and Tim and I have got a 
a pretty good relationship, I think. Mm. And, mm. Um, you know, there's there's going to be lots of exciting things that we're mm. going to be able to do with this podcast in the future. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I think it, I think it's 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 providing me with a, a way of getting shit out of my brain. Yeah. Um, and talking and, and I think talking is so important and listening and understanding and learning more and you may not necessarily agree but you can maybe get to an understanding and um, hopefully you'll learn something from us and, and not make the same mistakes we do yeah because we make a shit ton of them oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and we, we hope to learn from you guys as well so um, if you guys enjoyed uh, the live feed or the uh, <laughs> not the live feed, mm. if you guys enjoyed the um, podcast, mm. let us know. If you have any suggestions of topics that you'd like us to discuss in the future, please do let us know in comments and mm. uh, hit us up on Instagram mm. on the uh, Open Hearthcast Instagram account, and we will get back to you. All right, guys, I think that's it for now because I mean it's. It's now our time. It's now twenty minutes, uh, ten minutes to two in the morning, and we still have to finish off the tongs we started. And Trent still needs to sweat a bit and make himself a hammer. <laughs> um, at this point, I'm not really looking forward to it. I'll make it easy. I'll take it easy on you. <laughs> but right. uh, guys, thanks for listening. Yeah. Trent's out. Tim out. Chat to you guys later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Open Hearthcast. Find us on Instagram at Open Hearthcast and we'll see you again real soon.